Welcome to Youth Talks, brought to you by State of Youth. Hello everyone, today we have been joined by the finalists of ICPP, who have been inspiring young children from around over the world. And we would love to hear about their journey and introductions. Yeah, so could you please share to us a bit about your advocacy journey, how it started, what inspired you? Sure. So I'll go ahead. So my name is Srini Hatamana. I'm 14 years old. I currently attend Monroe Township High School in Monroe Township, New Jersey, in the United States. So I'm the founder of a nonprofit organization called Recycle My Battery. So let me just share my journey quickly, how it all began and why I even got inspired to actually start this organization. So my journey began four years ago, back in June of 2019, when I was just 10 years old. So I was sitting down to watch the news and I remember seeing a story occur on the news that completely devastated me. I remember seeing a lithium ion battery completely explode in a waste disposal plant in California. It caused unimaginable destruction and it cost millions of dollars worth of damage. I clearly remember watching all the chaos and everything occur on, the, on that specific day. And it was super scary and horrific to see. So I felt very angry after seeing that because I knew that Mother Earth was giving us so many nice stuff like food, water, air, etc. But we weren't doing anything nice back to Mother Earth. So after some research, after market study, and after finding out that only 1% of the people, I repeat, 1% of the people around the world know about the battery recycling process. And after finding out that over 15 billion batteries are thrown away each year worldwide, that was when I decided to step up, take action, and start an organization called RMB to actually promote battery recycling awareness to kids and people and actually provide them with a safe way of recycling their used batteries to make the earth a better place. That's such an inspiring story. And how old were you at this time? At that time, I was 10. Right now, I'm 14. You're now 14? Yeah. Oh, that's really good. So, it's so inspiring. Um, my name is uh, Anastasia Peskova. I'm from Ukraine and I'm a co-founder of uh, YCO Suite, uh, which currently runs two mobile applications. Uh, the first one we started um, almost one and a half year ago when the full-scale invasion started in Ukraine. We were um, very, we felt like really devastating um, understanding that a lot of kids had to flee from uh, uh, from war and there are a, a, a lot of circumstances around the world that force them to do the same and usually the kids don't have anyone to, to accompany them that's why we needed to create something that will um, provide them with a communication tool with um, basic things that will um, ensure their safety that's how we just came up with, with our first uh, application and then we um, understood that lots of them like especially Ukrainian young refugees had already um, adjusted to the communities they're living in and the problem is that uh, lots of them still feel um, the sense of not integrating uh, mm. enough and we followed like <coughs> one more uh, things that uh, just drove us to uh, create a second application which is like kind of uh, more complicated uh, but it actually um, works on, enha on enhancing the 
communication inside of uh, the new hosting communities and right now uh, their booths um, <coughs> can be um, accessed uh, on the market places and we really hope to make it um, worldwide even though initially it was created for Ukrainians as our it can be awarded, yeah. it can be used all over the world because refugees yeah, sure. are a very big problem. Uh, uh, that's what we understood that there are many circumstances around the world like natural disasters, yes. uh, other wars and uh, conflicts that force kids to suffer from what adults do. And that's really unfair and they should be somehow protected and uh, we decided to, to use TAC because like that's what dictates our world um, and that's what we did. So Anastasia, uh, and for you, what was you saw the biggest challenge for these children faced in terms of integrating into uh, communities in Europe, I would say predominantly, it would be for your application for example? Mm. It's hard for them to integrate because of dif different mentalities, different mindsets. And what we actually want to uh, do is to uh, maybe is to make people communicate about the uh, things that might be that might be dif different uh, mm. from from the per from the perspective there, from where they are coming from, and just uh, make some exchange of uh, of their thoughts and uh, positions on certain uh, maybe issues or not issues just make them talk about this and make <coughs> dialogue or monologue about this Anastasia, can you like <laughs> explain the thing because this is such a great initiative can you explain the entire process of how this submission or what's the submission process and and how, how this has affected the life of the different refugees? Mm, from which stage? From your development stage to where you are right now. Uh, so we actually started um, uh, as a kind of a project uh, for uh, a tech competition, uh, but we were really passionate about what we did, so we decided to implement it. Um, and uh, we ran uh, our first uh, prototypes. Uh, we did our business plans. Uh, now we are we are working on uh, coding it to most um, to more uh, adva uh, advanced programming uh, languages. Uh, also, uh, we founded the organization, so we uh, so we will illegally. Uh, implement more uh, further uh, projects that will uh, drive our mission. And yes, and uh, since the September of this year, both uh, applications are accessible uh, on the Google Play uh, and uh, on the App Store. That's great, and it's a great process to see developing and expanding it. Really empowering. And what about you? So. Um, my story begins in about 2017 when I witnessed my father getting locked up into the back of a police van. Um, 
and then from there I started attending support groups and um, there's not many in the UK it's not many worldwide for that matter um, which is something I'm personally wanting to change I'm wanting to get more support groups but we'll get that we'll move on to that in a bit later um, through that support group I've started noticing that it's such a grey area in society having a parent in prison although so common in the UK there's 300,000 children with a parent in prison um, and yeah um, I've started doing talks across the probation service conferences um, just talking about my experiences and ways we can change to make life better for those with an incarcerated parent because um, it's such a grey area in society um, it's heavily stigmatised and yeah it's, it's really an important issue as you mentioned it's that stigmatisation that often uh, affects the children massively and to you, what is the biggest gap currently where children are left out? You mentioned, for example, the support groups, which are not present. Um, yeah, so like the biggest gap I'd say is so it's like, imagine having one parent and the other parent not being there. And so in like, to put it in simplistic terms, it's like the loss of a parent. Um, I've seen that being compared to quite a lot. Um, it's like having to grow up without that figure. So like personally, I grew up without my father and there's certain things your father's meant to teach you. Mm. Um, and I never got taught those things. So I've had to learn that myself throughout my mother. So I've said previously that my father is my mother. So she mm. plays both roles, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's the biggest gap, but it's not one size fits all. So it could be completely different for someone else. And from a legislative perspective? Uh, what, sorry? From a legislation perspective, because you also do some um, policy work, what would you say? Is so, there's gaps everywhere. It's um, a grey area in society, so in a nutshell, what that means is like, there's research done to, in that specific area, um, there's just not a solidified way of handling things. So, um, with the probation service, for example, I work with the probation service in the UK, um, to help benefit their legislation and how they work and how they um, practice to benefit the family. Um, but with the biggest gap, there's loads of them. Um, so the media is a big one. You've got the education system and you've even got like just the general public of um, stigmatization. Like I've had personal death threats and had to basically reinvent myself, make a new life for myself because they'd find out what my dad's been arrested for. They saw it like paint with the same brush, mm. if you've heard that saying before. Um, so in a nutshell, what my father's done, I automatically got labelled with, which it's not true. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, I'd say the big there's loads of gaps. But yeah, so, and it's a really empowering story that yeah. all of you have. Then. And and one thing common in all these three stories is that you all three were inspired by an incident, some somewhere in your life. What would you tell or say to people who are going through the same things or maybe much more difficult but are incapable of taking the action? How would you, what would you say to inspire them or what would you advise them? So like, that's what I always tell young people. So I always tell young people to go out and become change makers. A change maker is nothing but doing something to create a change to make the earth a better place. So anything you, that you do automatically makes you a change maker. If you do something small, like if you see somebody throwing plastic onto the road, you're not, you know, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. You, are, you have to step up and not be hesitant. So you have to like go up to the person who's doing that, educate them on how it's important to recycle plastic properly. That automatically makes you a change maker because you're actually doing something to make a change to make the earth a better place. 
I want, so that's why I always tell young people that they should actually join organizations, create their own organizations, or join movements so that they can actually help create a change to make the earth a better place. And I know all young people are capable. If they put in the passion, perseverance, and determination, they will be able to achieve it. That's what I always tell young people whenever I go to a conference or whenever I speak on stage. So I believe that young people are capable of doing anything. It's about belief. I yes. Believe. And you're the, we have to be the first person that believe in ourselves. What would you say, Anastasia? Um, I really agree with, with what you said. And um, what I think is that people should do what they're really passionate about. It can be like their story, their pain, and maybe like even uh, some something that feel them that makes them feel unfair or um, aggressive and like f just try to turn this aggression and sense of unfairness into the action mm -hmm. and that what will uh, drive a really profound change. And for you? So, Sutton, I've noticed a lot because we run the support groups and then do research based on the um, support groups is a lot of children blame themselves and limit themselves because of the event that they've been through. So one message I'd like to say is that like you don't, like it's not your fault or that you couldn't have changed things. Like don't blame yourself for something that like you have no control over and um, with the limiting themselves personally if you limit yourself you'd yeah not to limit yourself really because like a load of children limit themselves because they think oh well i'm just going to be like my father or i'm just going to be like mm -hmm. my mother so um and they're told they'll never amount to nothing so once you're told that after a certain amount of time you start to believe it um and then after that you just sort of go on a spiral i want to try and stop that because there's many celebrities out there that have had hard upbringings and things like that and still manage to succeed um, personal events like being part of the International Children's Peace Prize is, in my eyes, a pretty big achievement. Um, so if I can do it, what makes, what makes it different for some other person, you know what I mean? No yeah. matter your limitations. I, I, I totally agree with what you said, but often there is, as you mentioned, the issue of self-belief and agency. So how do you feel that children who may experience a difficult uh, experience in their life, it affects their self-belief and they don't even believe they have the agency? to create the change or uh, start their own organizations. How can you, in a way, inspire and potentially act as role models through your experiences for these children that feel that there is no place in politics for them? There is no place in human rights for them. What's your... So that you're, what's your question again? Like, How can you basically inspire uh, children who feel that they don't have agency to change things? They, they're uh, drawn into a spiral of self-loathing and uh, self-depreciation that does not allow them to take that action that you were mentioning and you guys broke out of all those uh, spirals of self-loathing yeah. and all that so how did you manage to do, do that and what would you advise your younger self so like uh can you like can you kind of explain that even a little bit more if it's fine so there's sure, sure. A, a lot of research which shows that for example economic circumstances uh, like for example the lack of being able to find a job affects your uh, ability to participate in politics because of your own uh, view of yourself. So if you, for example, have very low uh, self-esteem, you're not able to participate in, uh, as you mentioned, activities and such and human rights activities. So how can you, through your own experience, for example, in your own uh, personal example, inspire these children who are going through similar experiences who are 
struggling with their own self-belief, with believing in themselves. So Nihal, the first time you experienced the failure, first time, when you were on this journey? Yes. So that... How did you do that? Uh, how did you overcome it? And yeah. what made you overcome it? And do you think that if there were 10 people in this room and they went through the same failure, everyone would overcome it? And if not, why do you think they don't? And what you can tell them to do it? So if you're like going through an issue, so like let me just first talk about my issue and I'll talk, I'll talk a little bit more about it. So like the main issue we had is when like in the initial start, we used to collect the used batteries from people's houses and we used to give them to Staples and Home Depot. These are basically stores in uh, the USA, like hardware stores yeah. and stuff. So like uh, after a few months of doing this, they rejected us. They said like they wouldn't collect the used batteries anymore because we would give them way too many batteries and that they would collect less than 10 batteries every day. We couldn't do that because hundreds and hundreds of batteries were piling up and, that, and we couldn't go every day and uh, drop off the batteries there. So that, I was very disappointed. I didn't even know that if recycling my battery was going to even be successful because I was very, I was bought down after hearing that because I didn't even know if we were able to achieve. So like, yeah, yeah I didn't let that stop me. I did some research and after a few weeks, I came across an organization called Call to Recycle. And after reaching out to them, they said that they would support us. They said that they would give battery bins for free and collect the used batteries and recycle all the batteries for free. So similar to me, if you guys are, dis if all the youth, your youth is a, like if they're going through a challenge and if they're like disappointed, do not let that stop you. If you believe in something, then you will be able to achieve it. So the thing which I always tell the youth is failure leads to success. So for example, take me. When, uh, when Staples and Home Depot rejected us, it might seem like a failure, but like it will still die you to success. So that's what I always tell, my, always tell the youth whenever they're going through a hard challenge like this. Mm. And I always tell them that if they're going through any hard challenge, I'm always there. I can help them out. So, yeah. But they'll have to have help themselves first. Yeah. yeah. To not consider I, I always like try to motivate them so that they can actually go through their challenges. And I, I, and I use my challenges as an example so that they can get connected and they can uh, actually overcome the ch their, ch their own challenges. <coughs> yeah, that's true. Azazi, you're, uh, what you're dealing with is obviously it's all over the world. There are so many refugees. And we hope that what you're doing reaches to these people, but these uh, individual ethnic groups that are in Africa and in South Asia and everywhere, how would you tell them, these uh, uh, people from these refugee groups to stand up and take initiatives like that? Mm, again, I think that success can be reached uh, only when you're on the path, when you have your personal story behind it and you should like really do what you understand what you can relate to and since like these people they know what they yeah. potentially can fight for they will come up with the most effective solutions that what we did and we believe people all over the world can do and in my case for a long time I didn't believe that I can make a change because like why <laughs> uh, but uh, for me a really important thing was the community like mm -hmm. once I got into the commun commun community that just like believes in, in, in you and supports some some of your like even like small things it just makes you feel just better yeah. Uh, yeah. about what you do and it's important to um, work in a 
team because uh, in the different parts of your like work uh, you can get just upset tired and all of the stuff and there should be uh, always a balance between like this like these powers in the your, in the team so that's why uh, I think like our team is really cool because we can just it's about balancing balance the passion with yeah. the emotionality as well like you're connected yes. to something a purpose yeah we can like uh, balance each uh, other's thoughts sometimes uh, over passion maybe <laughs> sometimes just burn out and uh, we can just like make make us join and do everything that, that we can do and it's like balanced thing always works it's like stronger together the phrase yes yeah. sure because there were hard uh, times for all of us especially um, in the beginning when we uh, all just had like to uh, go around the world because of the war uh, and it was hard and sometimes it just like there is nothing that can keep you doing and yeah and teamwork and your own responsibility for being an integral part of this team is what Wonderful. And for you? Yeah, so um, obviously it's very niche um, my topic, but I feel like the support groups are definitely fundamental. They are very scarce, don't get me wrong. There's like a handful across the whole of the UK and God knows how many across the world. Um, if you can't find a support group, speak to your, um, your local MP if you're in the UK or a government body um, to try and get one f um, started or funded because they are really beneficial. I, I wouldn't be the person I am today if it mm -hmm. weren't for my time matters. Um, but also if you can't get access to um, a support group, I think like men mentally it goes one or two ways. You either rise to adversity or you like sort of squander and you don't really know what, like fight or flight um, yeah. type thing. Um, I try and gear more to like rise into the challenge type thing, so to speak. I mean you're not really gonna rise to like parental prisoners but like stand up for it like in society it is really great like I've mentioned stand up for what you believe um now I don't like there's obviously specific routes to go down in mm -hmm. like a respectable way I don't mean sort of like going down causing violence and mm -hmm. things like that I mean just like speaking up and like having your voice heard um like what I do is in, in a way um speak about it to like media outlets, media outlets get quite far. Um, same with your local government, Lo local governments will listen. Even your local universities, like I work quite closely with Liverpool John Moores University. Um, and we do quite a lot of research into this specific area um, to help benefit in the future. Mm. Um, so that's the way I get over it. Like that's my sort of way to build yourself up. But also just like mentally coming over it as well. Um, some compared it to a grievance, like a loss. Um, you're never really gonna get over it. I don't want to break people's hearts, but it does get easier over the years. Um, you do learn to handle it, um, and yeah, just try and mentally overcome. Just think small gains, marginal gains. You might have heard of them before, is where you do something small to create a big deal. 
Um, I feel like marginal gains is definitely the one, but definitely support as well. And now you're all here for the International Series Prize, and huge congratulations for all your efforts and uh, to more that uh, may come. So what does this nomination mean to you? Is it a highlight of your work? Is it uh, an extension of what you can achieve in the future? What does it mean to you? So uh, I'm very proud that I got this far. So thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity, all of you guys. So this will really help us in, uh, number one, educating the youth, and number two, in our organization's success. So our main goal is to bring down the 15 billion batteries being thrown away each year worldwide to zero. And to achieve this goal, we have to educate as many people as possible on why it's even important to recycle or use batteries. So through this, through getting top three in the International Children's Peace Prize, this will help us spread the word to even more people, even mil millions and millions of more people on the importance of recycling used batteries. So we can go one step towards our goal of bringing down the 15 billion batteries. And number two, my message to the youth is to, for them to become change makers and do something. Like I always motivate them and tell them that it's if they, they're the only people who can actually do something to make our earth a better place. So through this opportunity, through this wonderful, prestigious opportunity, my message will be heard all around the world. And I hope that more change makers will actually get connected to my message and actually try to do something to make the earth a better place. So these are the two biggest opportunities and I hope that it will pay off. It will. I will. I, I know it will. <laughs> Yes, I think the same way that for us it's an opportunity to voice the issue we, we are fighting for because uh, sometimes it's just not noticed or um, underestimated um, and we just try to make people understand that children shouldn't be responsible for what do the adults because like kids are as if the future and if you just don't care it will pay off and it always pays off yes um and also that's the story about every ukrainian uh, kids specifically and uh, but the power that kids may have and how the adversity can drive it a change because like what we did we turned it into something really valuable and and useful not only for us so um personally i feel this award even being in the top three um will give me the foundation i need to make such a great area life um as i said it's very scarce it's very um not well known it's very well spoken of but not very well known i'd say um People seem to have a lot of input, but not for the right reasons. Um, so yeah, just to bring positive light to it, really, because um, it is such a negative situation and it does affect really a big number of people. Like worldwide, there's 300,000 in the UK, you can think worldwide, there's millions, like millions of children affected by it and it's constantly going up. Um, so if I can start to make change for it, and this gives me the platform for it, I'll be ever so grateful. So guys, we were joined by the finalists of ICBB 2023 in London and it was so lovely to hear about their different journeys and inspiration and how they're inspiring thousands of children around the world and we hope for the millions of children around the world. We're so grateful that you're here and thank you very much for all your actions. It was really inspiring to hear your stories. We are Youth Talks.
from the state of youth. Keep up to date with our posts and follow our social media.